You're listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Focused on leadership, culture, and building a team. Here's your host, Evan Silver. So you know when you meet someone and you just connect, you start telling your stories and realize that you guys have a lot in common. Well, that's how it was when I met my next guest. I met him when I was at a local cosmetology school um, and we were I asked the person at the cosmetology school, hey, give me three people that I need to connect with. She could only come up with one. This person's name is Travis and Adele Graham. I have Travis Graham in the studio. This isn't really a studio. Man, it's such a pleasure. And this is a studio. I absolutely love it. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks. I'm doing what I can. And thank you for having me on. I, uh, as you were saying the, the introduction, thank you for that, by the way. As you were saying the introduction, I was like, wow, what an honor. And that is something a very wise person told me one time is I was like, hey, give me some advice. Uh, she gave me a bunch of advice. But one of the advice she gave me was she goes around to people and says, hey, introduce me to somebody that you think I need to know. That's that's a game changer because it one is it's it takes you out from yourself, right? It takes you away from who because a lot of times we feel like we have the best answers, the best ideas, the best thoughts. And that's not necessarily true. Nope. However, if you can step outside of yourself to see other people and, and get more knowledge, man, that's where the world opens up. Absolutely. And, you know, we both have a salon that um, is more team mentality. And when you work with a team, you realize that we do not have all the best ideas. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. You know, Adele and I, the way we used to lead was do as I say, not as I do. That's easy, isn't it? It's super, super easy. And it's really easy to hold grudges and to be like, I'm the boss, do what I do, what I say to do, and then get really ticked off at people and have some passive aggressiveness. That was easy for us, but it was destructive. And I feel like in the moment, it makes us feel great. But long term, it's not great because, you know, you can have turnover, you can have people rebelling. So the hard thing is to have that servant leadership. Mm. And it is a discipline. It really is. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting? This morning, I was, I was just telling you, I was reading uh, the verse of the day in the, the Bible app. Let me find that. So it is, uh, the verse of the day is Matthew twenty twenty eight. Do as I did. The son of man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life to save many people. And one of our six core values is, is servant's heart in our brand. And that's exactly the way we, we feel is when we come in and we, Kind of like what I said a while ago, when you step outside of yourself to serve others, one is you're filling yourself back up, but you're making a difference. Yeah, making a difference is what it's all about. That's our goal. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that um, servant leadership can go so far. So we're both in the same boat. I don't do hair, and then you don't do hair. I don't. And I think it's really cool that when you you and I met, I was like, 
Oh, you don't do it either? Because it's, it's, I don't see that all the time. Right. Yeah. It's very, your wife does hair. My wife does hair. Your hair, your wife is stepping away from behind the chair and working on the business. My wife's doing the same thing. So we're really in the, the, the same process and we have the same goal. Um, we're, you know, super focused on our brand. One thing I noticed when, when I came onto the salon is I led one female before when I worked at New Spring Church. But when I came to the salon, it's all females. So that was really one of the things that was difficult for me is leading guys. You know, I'm usually know what they're thinking. (laughs) You know, a lot of guys are like bullet point, just tell me what to do. And like, but leading females is a completely different thing. So just leading people who are different from you, um, they could be the same gender. I know guys that are different from me. What are, what, what was your mindset when you came on and started leading people that were different from you or you just like everyone else on your team? Man, what a, what a great question. And as we, as we do these questions, I just want to preface this with, as we're talking, you may have to come back to the original question as I speak, because I, I like to, I like to go off into rabbit trails and I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. So, you know, my leadership has been an interesting path. I was in the military and the the only supervision leadership I had was of men. And then I went into law enforcement and I went into supervision there too and still only of of men. I didn't have any women that I supervised in either one of those. There's a lot of testosterone and a lot of like, I mean, I was super frank and super direct in my, the way I said to do things and my expectations were, were in a specific way. And then coming into leading, uh, women, I tried the exact same approach. How'd that work out? It, um, I was really successful at, uh, at making people not like me. And I was super successful in creating like, kind of like, I don't trust you. Yeah. And morale would, would go down and kind of like if it was almost like if Travis shows up, something's wrong because I wasn't around there. So I was, I was more at the first part. I kind of showed up when things got bad to get everybody back in shape and you know, the morale will improve here or else that type of attitude. And every time it, it went bad and we end up losing team members and um, I think we just destroyed some of the trust we had. And it took years, years of us recognizing that to rebuild it. That's really good. Um, I heard a wise man tell me one time that when I walk into a room, are people happy to see me or do I create anxiety? And I thought, wow, what do people think? When I walk into the room, that's good, <laughs> isn't it? So we say it one more time. When I walk into the room, are people happy to see me or do I create anxiety? Man, we could shut the podcast down with that one. If you didn't get anything out of this podcast, <laughs> take that one with you. That's good. Yeah, it was. Uh, so what are what are some of the things that 
you did, you came from that um, super direct leadership, which works in some something, you know, like I'm watching the Michael Jordan documentary. Are you watching that at all? No, but you did say that. And I am interested because I mean, I was a basketball fanatic uh, and Michael Jordan was my star. I mean, when I was 12 years old, I imagine that was Michael Jordan out there trying to dunk a basketball. Yeah, we all were. Yep. And you know, a lot of people are criticizing his leadership and he was very, very hard on his teammates. Um, that might have worked in that scenario. Um, I don't think it would work in our company or your company. Mm. So what are some things like, were people giving you feedback? I know my wife will give me direct feedback, which I usually don't want to hear, but I need right. to hear. What were some th things that kind of changed you from being oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't be so super direct and maybe I should take a different approach. You know, I think we have a lot of blind spots in our life. We we have areas that we just don't realize. And I think a lot of times we're like, I don't, maybe I don't want to know the truth. Or maybe the truth is too hard for me or maybe, because somewhere in the back, I knew what I'm doing is not working for me. It's not serving me well. But I didn't know how to address it, and I didn't know the tools to be able to access whatever that is. And so I think it really deals with, so here's the meat and, meat and potatoes of how did I go from being super direct and dominant and domineering to being a servant leader where truly I believe that the speed of the leader determines the pace of the pact. And how do I do that? And it really came into reframing my mindset about how do I show up as a leader and who would I follow as a leader? There's no way I want to follow that dominant domineering person because I've done that in the past and that doesn't serve me well either. And who are the ones that are amazing? And I, I think back to my amazing superv supervisors I've had over time and it was the ones who have empathy. It's the ones who actually care of you as a person and they're not, they don't have the agenda of it's them and they're using you as a pawn. And that's truly the agenda I feel like I had as a leader before. Yeah. Like it might've been all performance based. It absolutely would be performance based. Like your value, Evan, and my company would be based off of what you could produce, not of who you are as a human being, but a human doing. Yeah. And that our vision as salon owners and our company is we want our staff to win at home before they win at work. And I think Man. that kind of preaches of like, if your marriage is falling apart, but you're making six figures, that's not a win in our company. And so that's just the vision that we kind of set forth of, and I think our staff, you know, you have to back that up. That's the thing about it is you definitely have to back that up. Um, when things, you know, you kind of want to go toward the performance based, but you know, things aren't right at home. And so it really puts things in perspective as a leader and, you know, as a staff person in the company. I appreciate you saying that. That brings to to mind. I, in those times, I also wasn't being the leader in my home. Mm. And what you're talking about is winning at home. I needed to show up at home the right way to be a leader. And one of those thoughts is, I don't know if I told you this the other day or not, but you know, I have a five-year-old daughter, Haven, and I want her to marry a man just like me. 
Therefore, how do I show up as that man? Right. It reframes who you show up as. And when I create my priorities, my priorities are, are God and then my wife. And then really after that, it really doesn't matter because it all falls in line the right way. So creating that in my life and then leading my home life in the right way, I can also show up at work because I don't believe in my mind there's not a work-life balance and a separation, um, mainly because I own a company that I uh, work in. The I am I am satisfied and I'm happy all the way across the board with my life. There's no work life balance because it's uh I, I don't show up as a different person. I don't need to change who I am as I walk in the door to be like, okay, I need to put on this front. I need to put on this uh this different attitude or this different this different thing. That's exhausting, man. David Hall, who was my campus pastor at New Spring, he said, When you're at work, you have a leadership hat on. When you go home, you have to take that leadership hat off and put on a leadership hat as a father and a husband. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't been doing that. Wow. And same thing for my wife, you know, she, she'll come in some days and be like, hey, we need to do towels. We need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, I, 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 take that hat off. Like, don't mm-hmm. even put on the hat, <laughs> you know, let your hair down. Um, but that has always stuck with me when he said that it... You know, I don't say it happens every time, but a lot of times when I come in the door, I think of, hey, I need to take this hat off and put the hat on as a father and husband. Because a lot of times I forget that that Man. hat, you know, and that's the most important one. That's good. I did that all through every career I've had. I would come home and I would keep wearing that hat that I wore at work in my home. And either it's the military hat or it's the law enforcement hat. And that doesn't serve you well inside the home either. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Like my wife will definitely tell me. She'll be like, Mm-mm, like you got the wrong hat on. Yeah. And I think I, I can't remember which book it is, but um, they talk about work life balance. Um, they say that they don't believe that exists. They believe it's some rhythm. It, it, that makes more sense to me of getting in rhythm. And right now, um, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. We're opening up on Monday for um, from COVID-19. So we've had eight weeks off. Well, now I'm, I'm having to get back into rhythm. We put our mm. kids back in the daycare this week. I'm waking up earlier. I've been really slack. Um, been going to bed late, sleeping late. Yes. Um, so I'm having to get back in the rhythm. So I'm at, we're at work at nine o'clock and, you know, we leave around four or five in the afternoon. I'm coming home. I have to take that hat off because I've been wearing one hat this whole time, you know? Um, so getting in that rhythm, I feel like, and then when we're out of that rhythm, oh my gosh, like it just, you can just tell things are off. And so, can't you? yeah, yeah. So what's it like for you when you are, um, when you come home, are there, are, how do you process, all right. I'm a business owner. You don't really turn it off. Maybe you do. I don't know. I can't. Um, for me, did I, you say you can or can't? I cannot. Okay. Okay. I got that. Um, I can kind of put things compartmentalize. I can take things and put it over here and say, Hey, I can wake up in the morning and do that. My daughter's awake right now. My son's awake. You know, I can get up before them and handle that. That's how I process things. How, how do you yeah. do that? Cause I you, know you're an early riser as well. Do you process it in your man boxes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? That's interesting. 
Yeah. I, um, man, I don't know. I, I guess I just, uh, I totally used to come home and work. Man, we would stay up and we would stay up till like 2 a.m. and just, all right, this idea and this idea and this idea and let's do this. And, um, I thought that was really good. I thought that really was awesome that we would do that and we would spend that time. But is that during a season or is that all the time? We were doing that all the time God. and waking up late and, uh, you know, we would, it just didn't serve us well because we would get upset at Haven for waking up early and she was a kid. Right. That wakes up early. She doesn't carry you on a business. No. And then we were finding like when we were at home, we were on our phones all the time. And I know you said this the other day and, and the same thing just struck me and I've heard it now, I think three times and they each time strikes me like a knife in the chest is Haven saying, Hey daddy, would you mind getting off your phone? Oh, it's killer, isn't it? Mm. Man, it just, it really hurts. And you're like, man, I no, I don't want to be on my phone. You know, that's not what I'm committed to. I'm committed to, to being a leader. I'm committed to being a father. And we get so wrapped up in distractions. And I know I'm getting veering off what you, you asked, but coming home, it was an issue. So what Adele and I did was we set up boundaries um, in a lot of different ways in our life, in our marriage, and some of those boundaries center around business. So what we do is when it's supper time, we, we try to eat every meal we can together as a family. So breakfast, we eat every meal together and we don't talk business. And then every sup, every dinner, we eat together as much as we can. Usually it's about six, five or six days a week. And in those times, we, we say the phones go away. There's no phones. In the later evening when we're putting Haven to bed, it's not business. And then we, uh, every evening, we sit together on the back porch and we just have conversations. Now, for the first hour of that conversation, like from 8 to 9 or 8 to 9.30, it's business. It's, we just, we shoot ideas around and a lot of it, I don't know if you and Aaron have this, but we will work together for 10 hours in the same building and not say a word to each other. Yeah. It, you can, if you told me that beforehand, I would be like, you're crazy. Yeah. In a small business and we won't say one word to each other and then we'll get home and it's like, all right, so this is who I talked to and this is what I did and this is what happened. That's that hour at the end. And then after that, we will have an agreement. Like one of us will almost like uh, raise the timeout signal. And listen, um, it's it's nine nine o'clock. Do you want to keep talking work, or do you want to shut it off for now? That way, we both have that ability to be like, you know what, I do have one more thing to say, and then we're good, or or whatever. And then we shut it off, and then we literally will transition out of that. And so, what we do that helps with that and. You ever heard of those conversation starter cards for marriage? I don't know. I've heard a conversation starter. Um, they they sell those, and I have one by uh, a good friend of ours, Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote the five yeah, love yeah, languages. Yeah. He wrote one, or he created his card. Um, and we will pull those out that will transition us into a different conversation. Because otherwise, this is what happens is we'll be like, all right, let's stop talking about work. And then the next thing comes out of our mouth is about work. Dude, that's brilliant. That's a great, because the transition is the hardest. It is. 
the transition to me is the hardest in the argument and in the business. The argument being whatever we had an argument about. And then at the end, you're like, okay, I don't know how to transition now. How do I, how do I go from argument to let's talk about something else? That's probably one of the hardest things for me to transition from. And another one is from business to, all right, let's talk about our marriage. Let's talk about our life. Man, I'm, I'm still in that. I'm so glad you talked about that. Um, one thing that you said that it just kind of I thought about is I've had the same thing where my daughter is maybe three at the time. And she says, Dad, will you, will you get off your phone? and play with me. And I was like, I chunked my phone across the room. And, um, as a leader, I wonder if there's people in our company that kind of think of that, you know, it's like, I have this going on in my life and you're dealing with that. I wish you would put that down and somebody would just ask me about this or that. And I I believe you guys do this too. We do monthly one-on-ones with our staff and the salons that I coach, you know, we talk about, hey, you need to do one-on-ones with your staff. And we do 30 minutes and it can be completely about performance and numbers and getting that next raise, or it can be completely whatever they're wanting to talk about. And one thing that we do, we do a one to 10. So where are you at? One to 10. You know, if a loved one just passed away, you might be at a five or six. Well, that's mm. really good for me to know. So I'm not trying to talk about performance and you getting your raise because you're zoned out. And um, how, what do your, you have one-on-ones? We um, do. Actually, I scheduled all of mine uh, Thursday and Friday all day. It's amazing how much time they take up. And I can, you know, I can look at that as a bad thing. Because time is, I'm sure time is the, uh, for you too, is the most valuable thing I have right now. And so you can look at it as a bad thing that an entire two days is taken up of nothing but just conversation. But it's the most valuable time I feel like that we have is to be able to love on and pour into our team and see what would make a difference for them. Because when we can look into their lives and see what will make a difference for them, which, by the way, is not what I think would make a difference for them, because I totally think I know what would make a difference for people, and it's not the same thing. Right. And so I truly love how you say, by the way, Adele's already said she's still in that, is is taking a scale from one to ten, because that's something we do so many different ways in our business, right? I'm sure you do the same thing, is creating scales, And what's awesome about that is we do the same thing. We call it clearing is if you're sitting down with somebody to have a coaching or if even if me and you decided to have a conversation, if there's something on your mind, there's no way you're going to hear me until you feel heard. So I think it's awesome that you do that. We do the same thing um, tomorrow when I do my coaching calls. The first thing I'm going to have a conversation with them about what would make the difference for them in that conversation and like map out what the end of the conversation would look like at the end of the 45 minutes. What does that look like for you? And then we see what will serve them in that conversation because we don't have to talk about business. I love that you don't sometimes because that's not what's important to everybody. But if you do, if you do get into their world and see what's important to them, their family life is going to improve and their performance is going to improve at work. 
Mm, and that's what it's all about. And you have to go in, you have to plan them. You just can't go in and wing them. So we talk about this word equity a lot, um, you know, getting equity with people. Um, I feel like now people can see right through, are you doing this to benefit you or me? Like, you know, I think more now than ever. So when you're, you're working with a team um, that's way different from you, um, are there, you have any like ideas or things that you've done in the past of how you just genuinely get equity with people? Yes. One of the best ways that, that we do it is, have you ever been attached to an outcome of something? What do you mean? Well, is when we had a grand opening at the salon uh, two weeks before we closed, I was attached Initially, I was attached to the way the outcome should be. I was attached to the way how many people should be coming. I was attached to the way the team should and should not show up. And I was attached to uh, the outcome of how much we were going to create. And then I was really able to look into that situation and be like, that doesn't serve me because attachment to something creates fear, anxiety, and stress. And the way that I can look at it and change the paradigm, which is what I talked about to you earlier, if I can look at it as being committed, I'm committed to the winning of the team. I'm committed to the winning of the guests. And I'm committed to the winning of the brand. And the way I can do that is be like, you know what, whatever happens is going to happen. I can't control that anyway. But what we can do is really dive into all the things that our responsibilities are and stay on task with what we have agreed to do and stay within our our core values of our brand. And when I was able to come at it from a committed rather than attached, it gives me power rather than limiting my power. Mm. And so when it comes to the team, I could be attached to what they should and shouldn't do, or I could be committed that they win and we win as a brand. And when I'm committed that they win, I have so we we all have power. We're not limited in our power and what we can do. And it's all governed by our core values. And so when I'm when I'm committed that we win, we can stick in our core values and it just seems to work out a whole lot better. Man, that's a great place to stop. You've given us a lot of things to go back and reflect on. Man, thank you so much for being today's episode. Yeah, man. Uh, It was definitely helpful for me. I'm sure the people are listening. Um, Hopefully you're taking notes unless you're riding down the road. Don't take notes. Just just rewind and listen to it. So you brought so many valuable things um, that I'm going to implement and a great perspective. And I mean, we haven't known each other that long, less than a year, but I feel like we've known each other forever. So I know you will definitely... um, We're definitely going to bring you back. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm excited. Thanks for listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening. 